This is Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast where we discuss common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. I'm Lena. I'm Matt Miller. I'm Matt Henry. And I'm Mark. Last time we talked about spirit baptism in the common, and we would say fably misinterpretation of scripture in the Christian faith in various denominations. So this time we're going to talk about spirit indwelling. Well, that's because they're all confused with one another, so... Right. That's where the confusion comes. Until you break them apart and understand their separate ideas in the Bible that have maybe some interaction and in, uh, with with one another, you're going to end up messing up. So that's why we talked about spirit baptism because people love to talk about you need to be baptized with the spirit, and then certain things will happen in your life, certain things will be true, and then you're you're good to go. The problem is that's got nothing to do with spirit baptism, and so. We did that podcast. So on the other side of that coin, though, is the idea of being filled with the Spirit. Well, they may you, you'll hear people come to the Bible. They'll see a passage that talks about being filled with the Spirit. And then usually within a few sentences, they'll use a reference of being baptized with the Spirit. And right away, you know that they don't really know what they're talking about. They haven't really let the text say what it's saying. So we thought we would also deal with that side of the coin tonight, and that's what we're going to do. Yeah, so we're going to talk about spirit and dwelling uh, first. And so really a helpful way to understand the indwelling of the spirit is to contrast it with the role of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Um, it's all People sometimes are confused or may not understand that the spirit's role in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant was actually quite a bit different than the Spirit's role in ministry within the New Covenant. In fact, would you just simply agree with this statement that people really don't know their Bible when it comes to the role of the Spirit at all? Yeah. Well, yeah. I that mean, is. that's a problem. That's what makes us such a pain yeah. to try to even explain is there's so much bad stuff out there that drives you crazy because yeah yeah they and look it, at the old testament they 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 confuse it with the new and the role of the spirit and yeah but the the historic orthodox teaching on the role of the spirit is pretty clear well and it's if only we and, could <laughs> and historic and it's yeah it's been established and so you know there's not a lot of clear teaching on it and so there's a conflation of thought for sure so um, really the best way, as I mentioned, to understand the indwelling is to contrast the, the whole Holy Spirit's role in the old with the new. And so in the Old Testament, the spirit isn't actually said to indwell people. And that was just not his role. Uh, rather the language all throughout the Old Testament is that the spirit came upon people. And as he came upon people, as you examine the, the, the biblical text, it was always for a unique purpose or ministry. And so we mostly see him doing that, of course, within within the nation of Israel who were God's people. And so that's primarily where he ministered and came upon people. And so you can see that first with the judges. Um, there's this judges cycle that takes place in the Old Testament where Israel falls into disobedience and God essentially raises up an oppressor and oppresses the people. And then they cry out for help and God brings to them a judge who then 
frees the people from that oppression. They raise up again in obedience and then inevitably fall back into disobedience. And so it's this, this cycle that happens over and over known as the judges cycle. And so in the old Testament, the spirit would come upon these people considered judges and raise them up to rescue them from their oppressors. Uh, what's another group of people that the spirit would come upon? Well, just like with the judges, you have the Kings, um, they're, they're God's anointed uh, to lead the nation of Israel. And so here you get into the language of anointing. Um, Which is a key term. Yeah. 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 In fact, real quickly, if anyone is doubting us as we kind of do a jet tour, all they have to do is take any Bible software they have, type in a search term, spirit, mm -hmm. um, hit enter, and then just start looking at all of the hits. And they're going to see this happen over and over. The spirit of God came upon, the spirit of God. God came upon. Yeah. Um, so here we have this anointing and it's this unique, special anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so in uh, like 1 Samuel 16, Samuel anoints David as king and that anointing of the oil, uh, oil in the Old Testament is representative of, of the spirit. Uh, that's a hard word for me to say, representative <laughs> of the spirit. I think I threw an extra syllable in there. Um, and it, it's representative of the spirit coming upon David as, as God's chosen one. Um, and so in verse 13, you then see that the spirit was mightily upon David or in verse 14, uh, that it actually departed, the spirit departed from Saul. So we now know yeah. also that Saul as king had the spirit. And I've heard sermons from that verse talking about that's the day or the moment where Saul no longer was a believer. It's like, that's not no. what it's talking about. Right. Um, so. Yeah, it's in the anointings in reference to his kingship. That yeah. This was the Lord's anointed. Um, and the spirit was upon him yes. to do the task. Mm -hmm. And no longer was that the spirit upon Saul because that had been taken yeah. from him. Kingship was removed. And, and it was a horrible thing. And this is what then David is praying for in Psalm 51 when he prays that the Lord would not take the spirit from him. Again, I was raised up in a tradition where you can lose your salvation and over and over again, mm. they would say, here's a, a evidence that what he's afraid of is because of his sin, that he would lose his salvation. But that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the idea that uh, his kingship would be lost yeah. and it would be removed just like he saw with his predecessor, right. Saul. Yeah, so Psalm 51 was that great lament after his, his sin with Bathsheba. And so he was fearful that that sin would remove him from being king of Israel, God's people. Um, and so he did possess the spirit at that point as he was anointed with them, but he was afraid that that sin essentially would, he would lose disfavor or that, that great position God had put him in as king. But that's not the same as an indwelling, Correct. which is enjoyed by every believer. And that's our point. That's what we're trying to begin to establish. Mm -hmm. uh, one side point, yeah. just real quick is, David was regenerated by the Spirit because every believer, every person since Adam's fall who has ever believed unto salvation has been regenerated. I mean, Christ said that to Nicodemus, right, in John 3. He's like, uh, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You need that new birth. And so I think we should throw that in just as an aside is that when we're talking about spirit baptism, it's not the filling, it's not the indwelling, nor is it be a regeneration. Um, and when we're talking about the indwelling of the spirit, it's still not talking about regeneration. Mm -hmm. um, all of those are different 
aspects of the work of the Spirit, and they may have interactions with one another, but they're not the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So just an aside. No, that's good. So as it, when it comes to the Old Testament, at least, the Spirit is said to dwell with God's people. So he dwelled among Israel um, as, as a people as a whole. Um, and then he would uniquely come upon people for certain yeah. ministries. I think I like the word, the, that word though, upon. Yeah. And that's the actual yeah language. I think what is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but you <laughs> Doesn't can, matter. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Whether I like but, that. But you can see this, that it's always for a unique purpose or ministry um, that the Spirit does this because the Spirit even comes upon non-Israelites. Uh, but always what's mm -hmm. interesting for the prosperity of, of Israel yeah. in some sense. And so you see this with the example of Balaam. Um, you know, he, he was an idiomite, which just meant that he came from Esau's lineage, which was not. What did you just call him? Idiom. <laughs> Idiomite? It's Edomite. Edomite, I'm sorry. <laughs> Leave me alone, it's late. Um, so yeah, he, he essentially was paid to pronounce a curse over Israel by Balak, which, who was the king of Moab. And, um, which we could also call Moab. Moabite. Moabite, whatever. I'm tired too. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how I was reading it. Yeah. yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> so, so the spirit, it, it's really interesting text. The spirit comes upon him. Um, and while he's paid to pronounce a, a curse, the spirit comes upon him and he can't not then pronounce a blessing, right. which is really interesting. So it's for the prosperity of Israel, God's people. Um, but the spirit comes upon him for that unique task. And it's very strange, but... But but cool because yeah. you're seeing again another one of those blessings that Israel had in all of the nations of the world in the Old Testament. They had the work of the Spirit still. It wasn't the same as within the church, but they did have that presence of the Spirit to the point that even hit their enemies trying to yeah. pronounce doom over them, the Spirit would come upon the, pro the, the supposed prophet. And now all of a sudden he becomes a true prophet. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and you're like, that's that's no. just scary and cool at the same time. Yep. Um, but this, so the key to understand that when it comes to the Old Testament ministering role of the Spirit is that the Spirit never indwelled people, uh, in particular individuals. Um, and, and it doesn't. And the Bible in the Old Testament doesn't say it does. Yeah, it won't we won't use that we, language. We presume it. Right. Yeah. We'll read this indwelling ministry that happens in the New Covenant back into the Old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's good. Um, but what what's unique about this coming upon people in the Old Testament is that the spirit would leave people once that particular work or ministry was accomplished. But it doesn't mean they're not believers. No, but like like we saw with Saul, the spirit left Saul um, or he'll, he'll leave the judges once that task of rescuing Israel is done. He actually leaves that particular person. So again, it's much different than this permanent sort of indwelling presence that happens in the new covenant ministry. So my favorite is Amos. And I don't know why, I just always felt bad for the guy. He's a <laughs> sheep herder, right. minding his own business, mm -hmm. and then the spirit of the Lord comes upon him. And mm -hmm. now he gets to be an unpopular prophet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get everyone mad at him. No mm -hmm. one's gonna listen to you. Yeah, they're all, all they're gonna, oh great, Amos is now a prophet. Now he's preaching doom. And then the spirit leads him. He goes back to sheep herding. <laughs> it's, like, right. it's like, really? You had to do that to me. Yeah. And that's just a rough life. Anyhow. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's the Old Testament. Uh, the spirit is said to come upon people um, to perform a particular task. In the New Testament, then we have a reference to this now new ministry of the spirit where he indwells people. 
and it's a permanent ministry of the spirit. And we see this in John 14, 16 through 17. In fact, in the gospel of John, chapters 14 through 17 is called the farewell discourse. Um, 14 to 16 is where you see all these, this teaching or, you know, roles of the spirit that Jesus teaches on. And so in 14, 16 and 17, Jesus makes a promise of the coming spirit. And he says this, he says, I will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. And so what's the first thing to notice about this with reference to the spirit? Well, it's a permanent ministry. Yeah. He's going to be with you forever. Yeah, that's a clear statement. And then secondly, Jesus elevates this role of the spirit and he actually heightens the expectation of what the spirit's going to do. He says, the spirit will abide with us or with you, which is something that he did with Israel. But then he heightens that he says, but now he will also be in you. Mm, yeah. and, and so this is kind of this, this permanent indwelling aspect of the spirit. But they knew what he was talking about because there is that promise in the old Testament called the new covenant yeah. that all of Israel faithful Israel, at least, mm -hmm. we're, we're waiting for, right? So in like Ezekiel 36, um, we were debating where <laughs> this new covenant, and we were all over the map. We knew it was in Ezekiel. What was yours? The, yours was oh, I said 38. 26. No, you said 26. Did I? And you said 28. And I said 28, which is the popular one, though wrong, about Satan. And then it turned out it was 3626. <laughs> and so we decided that you were probably one. This right. is so nerdy right or now. Close. It like, is. Yeah. Well, this is what two pastors do when they're bored and yeah. they're trying to do work and debate the addresses of Old Instead Testament. of just look it up. Whenever I'm reading Ezekiel, I'm always just like, come on, get to 36, get to 36. <laughs> well, so that's how it's I a good passage. Anyhow, 36, 26 and 27 says, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And then he goes on, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. That's just, that's hope. That's clear. For, well, and, and for a nation that is getting beaten to death, literally, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's a good word, but it's clear that he's like, there'll be a new day when mm -hmm. I put the spirit within you. Yeah, it's, a, it's an unprecedented expectation of what yeah. the spirit will do. Yeah. So then Jeremiah 31. Yeah, so Jeremiah 31, 31. Um, that's always easy to remember. 31, 31 and following. Um, it's a passage also that is speaking of new covenant expectation. Um, and so it speaks of the new coming, new, new promise of the new covenant. And it doesn't explicitly use the language of the spirit there, but it speaks of um, the law being put within within the people's hearts. Um, and so when you when you harmonize that with Ezekiel, it's a clear reference again to the inward ministry of the spirit, that this is gonna be not something merely among us as New Testament believers, but something within us. And so what's, what's important to understand now is that in the new covenant, the spirit clearly does a work within the heart. Right. He dwells a person. Right. A believer. Believe, yeah. A person who's a believer. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I guess. Um, spill it out. Yeah, so, so what's important though to understand about this New Testament indwelling is that it's a far, I, I guess I would say a far greater ministry of the spirit or a far more intimate ministry of the spirit where he does more than just come upon a person. Well, yeah, and I mean, the, the people of Israel would see evidences and expressions of the spirit. They'd see it in their prophets. They would see it in their king. They would see it 
and the giving of the word. I mean, those were all aspects of the presence of the spirit. The priestly with them, service. Right. All yeah. of that would yeah. be there. But it was all external of from them. Mm-hmm. Um and and so now is going to transition from that external realm to also a very intimate internal aspect. And that that's it is. It's truly a much greater role. Yeah. And and the promise is that when that happens also then certain heart changes are going to occur and and things that they couldn't resolve on their own so yeah so so this is something just a couple of points on this this indwelling of the spirit happens at the moment of conversion that's when it takes place um what's important to know about that is christ christ's words there in john 14 they're written in the indicative which is factor reality factor reality yeah um it's it's something which is a theological fact it doesn't care what you think about it doesn't care if you agree with it anything. It's just simply saying, this is yep. the, the spirit will come be with you forever and be in you forever. Yep. Yeah. So what, what is important to understand then with that is there's no command. There's no command to get this dwelling, attain this dwelling, um, try and keep this indwelling. This is something which is permanent that happens at the moment of conversion. Yeah. It's a permanent promise, right? Um, and so, by just doing that, we've already touched on several aspects of the Spirit, because when you're baptized into uh, with the Spirit into the body of Christ by Christ, which we talked about last podcast, mm-hmm. the reason we did that was that we were regenerated by the Spirit, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So we were regenerated, we believed, we were baptized with the Spirit into the body of Christ by Jesus Christ, and now we're going to talk about the idea of being filled with the Spirit. But so far, in all of the talking that we've done, we've not talked one bit about the filling of the Spirit. And yet, some people listening are probably still thinking that in some way we have. We haven't. It's a separate work. 